As you mentioned just a moment ago, this is going to begin a two-week series that's going to start today, and I'm really excited to share with you. And I just have been thinking this past week about how easy it is to become overwhelmed. And I just have been asking this question even to myself and thinking about it with my family. Um, are you tired? And when I ask that question, are you tired? Are you worn out? Man, so many people can quickly say, oh my gosh, you have no idea. And in so many ways during this crazy season of COVID-19, our paces have changed. Our workplaces have changed. How much we have to do or how, how um, our time is utilized has changed. Like everything has just been turned upside down. But some things have probably remained constant. Even though the places have changed, even though the pace has changed, you feeling tired and overwhelmed and worn out probably hasn't. In fact, I would estimate to say that some areas of stress have probably uh, decreased, while others have done the exact opposite. They've increased. Why? Because while time at home is a blessing, we get to spend more time with family. It's also a challenge, right? While having more time at home has been a blessing, it's also a challenge because of our pace, because we work doesn't change, right? We still have work to do. And now we have schoolwork to do with kiddos. I'm sure that you're enjoying that as our family has sometimes, right? So, so much has changed and it's hard to hit pause. It's really hard to hit pause because sometimes it's impossible to hit pause, and this morning, I hope even as you're listening in, this is a good example of you hitting pause. I don't know about you, if you have a television at home or some sort of uh, like a satellite or direct feed or online where you have the capability to hit pause. I love this feature, by the way. I really do. I love being able to just hit pause, run to the bathroom, or, you know, the kids are asking a question. We were watching a movie the other night. They had a million questions on what was happening, and instead of missing the movie, we were able to just kind of hit pause, talk about it a little bit. And the other night, especially this past Friday night, they had like 27 questions about one scene, which was good because I could be able to jump in and just truly hit pause. But you can't hit pause on life, can you? It's impossible to hit pause on some things because life goes on, the stresses of life, the, the pressure of life. It just moves and it moves at a pace that sometimes feels uncontrollable. In fact, I'm sure you've heard um, many times people refer to life as a rat race, almost like a, an endless pursuit of chasing, but never really arriving at your journey. And sometimes we could even see, feel that it's in vain because you constantly feel like you're going places, but you don't really know where you're going. You constantly feel like there's a pursuit, but to get to the cheese and figure out it's not really worth it, right? So it just feels like a rat race. And in fact, it's sometimes we refer to life as a race sometimes, but the race illustration is good. But why do we race? When do you stop? You just go and you go and you go, but you stop when you cross the what? You stop when you cross the finish line. But there's really not a finish line sometimes with your pace, is there? You may check something off the box on Friday. The other day, my wife said, man, I had a really good day today. I accomplished so much. And it's like, check. And tomorrow, I'm just going to chill, going to be with family. But guess what? Just like what Rachel said, what I feel like sometimes too, Monday's coming. So there's just this constant movement, this constant going, constant pursuit to figure out there's really not a clear finish line where we can hit pause. Our pace sometimes is so uncontrollable. Our pace sometimes is just constantly moving forward where we don't feel like we can breathe and we can stop. 
How do we do that? How do we get to a place where we don't feel so tired? How do we get to a place where we don't feel so worn out and so overwhelmed that we don't feel like we can rest? Well, there's some reasons that we're going to feel this way. And there's some reasons that we feel this way because there is a similarity in your schedule and in mine. Yeah, culture's different by country, by country, our, our paces, our rhythms. Yeah, but there are some constants. No matter who you are, no matter your background, no matter where you live, no matter where you're from, no matter your family history, what your mom did, what your dad did, what your family's like, there are some constants. It's easy to feel tired and overwhelmed, and sometimes it's hard to get unstuck. Four of the reasons that we feel this way, number one is there's no boundaries on our time. There's Number one, there's no boundaries on our time. And the, one of the reasons there's no boundaries on our time is not just because of someone else influencing a boundary over our time. Because it's because of us. Sometimes we don't know when to start and we don't know when to stop. And it's hard at five o'clock to, to, to look at the watch and say, well, I'm, I'm done now. No, because there's always more to do. Not having boundaries over our time is so difficult. And not having boundaries over our time can also be reckless in our life. How do we get to a place where there are clear boundaries on our time? Even the thought of that may frustrate some of you because the boundaries that you have in your life are not created by you. Sometimes they're created by a family, by expectations. Sometimes they're created because you have a boss that has expectations, which is reasonable, of course. There are boundaries in our time. And when there are not boundaries of our time, it's reckless. The second issue that we have and the reason that we feel ourselves so overly tired and worn out is because there's no boundaries on our health. And this is a difficult one. All of these are difficult, but when there's not a boundary of our health, it's hard to gain the right energy. It's hard to get to a place where you actually feel good. Sometimes some people say, well, I don't have time to go for a walk. I don't have time to exercise, right? And we get into these unhealthy rhythms where we don't create time and create a boundary over our health over what we do, over our exercise, over our diet. When there's not a boundary in that area, it's very hard to get to a place where you feel like you're 100% and where you have all the energy and where you can sleep well, where you're ready to get up in the morning and go at it. The third one is that there's no enjoyment in our work. This is one of the reasons that we feel burned out is there's no enjoyment in the work. Let's just say that you do have good boundaries on your time. Let's say you do have good boundaries on your health, but you don't have a boundary in the area of work because you don't enjoy it. It's hard to get up in the morning when you don't enjoy your work and get excited about it. And it's hard to get to a place where you're energized if work is constantly a drain to you. And the fourth area that I would say that we have a reason that we're so worn out and so tired and so overwhelmed has to do with us not being in our sweet spot. And I use the word sweet spot by saying like it's an area of your life where you're truly using your talents, you're using your gifts, and it's at a perfect alignment with the place that you work. It's in perfect alignment with your family. Like If you're not using who you are, your giftedness, if you're operating outside of that, it's really hard to get to a place where you're energized. And it's so easy, especially if there's no boundary on our time, there's no boundary in our health. There's no enjoyment in your work and you don't really feel like you're using your gifts, man, it's going to be so easy to get to a place where the cup is empty. In fact, you can even visualize a cup with holes in it, right? Your cup will constantly have holes in it if you don't have the proper boundaries of time, the proper boundaries of health.
the proper boundaries around the workplace and you're using your sweet spot. So how do we get unstuck? It's easy to relate to being stuck. Well, there are some tensions that we have to manage here because some of these elements inside of this are not in your control. Maybe you're listening to that list and you go, yeah, I need to. Or maybe you're listening to that list and you say, yeah, but my boss, yeah, but my expectation, yeah, but I don't have a choice, right? Because there are areas where you do not have a choice. You don't have control. And so what do you do with those? There are tensions that we have to manage. The the first tension I want to mention to you is your workload. Often you cannot control your workload. If the orders come in, they have to be fulfilled. If you have a task to do that's due by Friday, it has to be done. There's exceptions. I don't know, even if you do have good boundaries of your time, there's a time when you call your spouse and say, honey, I know I said I was going to be home at, at 6, but it's, I'm not going to be home at 6 tonight, and here's why. And there's a re- hopefully a reasonable conversation that follows and say, yeah, I get it. You have to do it. So when you can't control your workload, that's the tension that you just have to manage. Like you don't have a choice. You have the job has to be done. Now, some of your jobs, you may be able to show up at 8 and leave at 4, and you can really leave it. And some of you, when you hear, oh, just leave work at work, you say, yeah, right. If you only understood my workload. And for that, many people could say, if you explained it to them, they could hear it and say, wow, yeah, I, I get it. It's difficult, especially if you're in a position of leadership. You just can't leave work at work. It follows you all the time. So your workload is a tension that has to be managed. It's not a problem that you can solve. The second thing is coworkers. One of the things that drains you and constantly feels like is because you have to manage people. And people um, make mistakes, right? Personality differences are, 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 are tensions that we have in the workplace, are tensions that we have inside the home and outside the home. They constantly fill us with that cup. They make us feel like we're that cup that has holes in it. We're constantly being poured out, never being poured in. It's not only workload, but it has to do also with the people that are around you and sometimes coworkers. The third thing I want to mention is the family challenges. This is a not a problem that you can solve. If you ever get to a place where you feel like, okay, I fixed that problem and it's never going to come back. I think you're living on a different planet, right? Because we constantly have the tensions and the difficulties inside the home that we just have to manage. There's new problems every day, right? Sometimes Rachel and I will look at each other and say, man, this is the best day, right? And the next day you're like, wait, what happened to yesterday? (laughs) Can we bring back yesterday? Can we do that today? Like every single day is different. Every single day presents its own challenges. In fact, even Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. So Jesus was speaking to like the vanity and and it's just the the waste of time when we have anxiety about the future because we can't control it. We can't predict it. So don't worry about it. Every day is different, but we have to manage what's happening inside the home because it never will be uh, something that we can simply check off a box and finish. Finally, the financial pressures. This is another tension that we have to manage because it's not something you solve. Ask someone that makes a million dollars and say, hey, do you have any financial struggles? It doesn't matter how much money you make or how little money you make. The challenges are the same. And the challenges are constant, whether they have to do with coworkers, whether they have to do with family, or whether they have to do with finances, there are constant tensions that drain us. 
So now that we've gotten all the bad news out of the way, and I've mentioned four elements that are challenges and four tensions that we have to manage. These are all present, I believe, in most of our lives. Most of us can relate in different ways to all of these. What do we do about it? In light of all of these anxieties, in light of all the pressure, how do we hit pause and get to a place where we're not worried about yesterday? We're not worried about the rest of the day. We're not worried about tomorrow, but we truly can inhale and exhale and enjoy the moment. God has something incredible to say about this. In fact, it's one of the ten commandments. I don't know your spiritual background or your knowledge of the Ten Commandments, but I remember even as a little kid when I was learning and reading the Ten Commandments, this was like, I think there are like two out of the ten that I'm like, I'm not sure what that means. Oh, well, and you just kind of move on. And even as an adult now, having studied the Bible, having multiple degrees in it, I read some of this commandment I'm about to tell you, and I say, wow, what a what a disconnect from my culture. What a disconnect from like my, my MO, like how I just wake up in the morning and I'm wired to just do, and I'm wired to just go. And I'm, and I've had many conversations with people about this. It's hard to hit pause, right? And some of the people that I admire the most work the hardest. They go, they go, they go. They have a relentless pursuit. So this is good. This is hard work, but there's such a disconnect when I read this command. And part of me says, oh, well, that was spoken to the Israelites at a different time and a different culture. And that was an understanding of like, that was a, something that the Hebrews treated very different than, than we treat. But, but, but no, no, no. Let me tell you something about these ten, these 10 commandments. They are timeless. And they are just as true today as they were then when God spoke them through Moses. These commandments are for you today. And this commandment speaks to what we must do. Now, in the first few minutes of this message, I have created and mentioned and referenced a lot of challenges and a lot of things that bring anxiety in your life. And I've not yet come to a place of offering any solution. By the way, tune in next week, a week from right now on Sunday morning at 1030. And it's going to be much more solution based today. We're, we're mentioning the problem. And we're mentioning what God says about it. Next week, we're going to dive in even deeper, more practical about what we should do about this challenge. Now that I've set the stage, here's what God says. This is the fourth commandment to God's people. It's found in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. I'm going to read it um, aloud. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. There's a reason as a kid I didn't get this one. Number one, Sabbath. What does that mean? Number two, I ain't got no job, right? I mean, I just remember learning this and thinking about this as a kid. But as an adult, we can have a disconnect in maybe what Sabbath means, but not so work. God actually steps in to the Ten Commandments and one of the Ten Commandments and gives verbiage. By the way, some of the, 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 the Ten Commandments are, are short verbiage-wise. Thou shalt not murder. 
Pretty clear, pretty simple. Next commandment. This one has the longest verbiage, the longest explanation of the Ten Commandments. Most of them are pretty straightforward, I think, other than two, this being one of them. But what is clear is that they work and that they toil and that they labor. And God's message to the Israelites is the same as what God's message is to today. So let me just set this truth and this foundation by saying this very clearly. And I want to say it two times. You can work so hard that you forget God. You can work so hard that you can forget God. Now, we could finish that sentence a lot of different ways. You can work so hard that you forget your obligations. You can work so hard that you forget about your family needs. You can work so hard, fill in the blank, whatever that is for you, whatever your tendency is, right? We can idolize our worship. We can or not idolize our worship. We can idolize our work. We can lift it up higher and, and get it out of balance in, in, our, in our priorities. And that's an issue. We can forget other obligations and other priorities that we have in our life. But God's message right here, he says, you should work six days and then you should rest for one day. I love his illustration. He jumps back into it and says, hey, listen, on it, you shall not do any work. But before he says that, or after he says that, he says, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens. Like his illustration is what he did. Going all the way back to Genesis, in six days, God created the world and everything in it, and he rested. And I wrote this down this week. God worked, and so will you. God worked, and so will you. And then I wrote this down. Then God rested, and so must you. God worked, so will you. Then God rested, and so must you. But the reason I wrote these down and reflected on for several days this week is because one of these is somewhat a given, and one of these is optional. Now, you have to work, right? If you want money and you want to be able to buy food and you want to be able to pay your rent or pay your mortgage, pay your bills, you're like, you have to work. And this is tough because so many Americans at an all-time high are, are out of work because of the difficulty that we find ourselves in due to COVID-19. And as a church and as a ministry, we have been able to step into so many people that have not been able to work. And we're grateful for that. And thank you once again for giving to Encounter Church. We're, we are able to be a help to so many people during this time. For the most part, right, if, it's, if, you, if you want to be able to um, pay your bills and you want to be able to, um, to buy food, like you, you, don't have a, you don't have an option. You have to work. You have to find a job. But the resting part, you don't really have to do that, do you? You can press the gas and not let off the gas. And eventually what's going to happen? You'll run dry. And you'll run the consequences of it. Now, that doesn't happen every once a week. Sometimes people can look back over their lives and go years and years and years and years before they realize, you know what? I've pressed the gas in the wrong direction. I didn't take the time to rest. I didn't take the time for my family. I didn't take the time to take care of myself. And this is such an issue in our culture about being able to hit the pause button being able to really hit stop, being able to really breathe in and breathe out. Why? Because work doesn't leave us. I have a bad habit. My phone's not right here. It's somewhere in the room, but I have a bad habit. I look at my phone and I've had a conversation even recently with a friend of mine about this. If there's that little, if there's that little notification on any of the apps, even if we really don't care, it's just habit of just looking at it, right? And it's hard to turn off work. It's hard to turn off the email. It's hard to not 
text back. It's hard to not make those phone calls back. It's really hard to hit pause. But what God says from the beginning, this isn't just a 21st century. This is like hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years ago when God tells the people, you will work and you will work hard, but you have to stop working for a period of time. Now that's stopping that resting, that Sabbath rest that Jesus was giving the instruction to and that God was speaking to was not just the kind of rest that allows you to like sit on the couch, right? And quote unquote veg or, or, or sit, you know, in your room and pull out the laptop and browse pointless websites just because you want to not worry about work, right? It's not just not working. It's a proper rest, and it's actually a spiritual rest. So, that, so this week, for just a few moments, and the next week, are going to be two diversions. We're going to talk about the actual spiritual rest and then the physical rest. Like, your bodies will rest. In fact, when one of my sons says, Dad, I can't sleep. I told Josiah recently, hey, man, you're going to be 11 years old. You haven't missed one night yet. 11 times 365 days, you will go to sleep. You just got to be patient. Like God designed our bodies to rest. And so most of you say, well, I get, I get plenty of rest. No, there's more than just a physical rest. Most of us will rest in a 24-hour period. Yeah, there's exceptions along the way of pulling all-nighters because of a project. If you're a student and you're listening in, I remember these days of, of uh, hitting up uh, IHOP, when I went to the University of South Carolina and just studying all night, really I stayed because I didn't want to study, but I stayed because the coffee was like pay one price and drink all you can. So drinking coffee all through the night. Yeah, there's exceptions to when you choose not to rest because a job has to be done or because a test is coming. That's going to happen. So I'm not just talking about your your physical rest when you can take a day off and hopefully soon be able to go to the beach and enjoy it or maybe sit by a pool and not worry about work. This is a spiritual rest. Literally in this passage, what he says is, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. So in, so in other words, you could say this, remember the day of rest or the period of rest, because it's not just so much about you taking Sunday off or taking Saturday off, or maybe for some reason your your rhythm of, is is you take part of Friday and Saturday. I don't know what your rhythm is. That's not what this is really about. Is just that is necessarily that day. It is a period of time. So it's not just about taking a period of time and not doing anything physically. He literally says, "Keep this day holy." So what does that really mean to us? By keeping a day holy. We actually point that time to God. By keeping a day holy, we actually point that time to God. So in our hearts and in our minds, we set aside work, other responsibilities, and we turn our hearts and our minds to God. Some of you are doing that right now because you have a habit or a rhythm on Sunday morning, or maybe it's Sunday night that you're listening in, or maybe it's 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 Tuesday evening and you're listening in right now, and you've set aside this time to turn your heart and your mind to God. You can do that, by the way, and I'm not just talking about attending church online. I'm not just talking about going to a small group or a life group, or I'm not just talking about spiritual activities. I'm talking about your heart. Recently, I was talking to Brian Moore that attends Encounter Church. Shout out to Brian. He said, man, my... One of the things I love to do the most is yard work. And it is, it's peaceful to me. It's not even work. I'm like, yeah, I, I relate to that. I love being out in the yard. And some of you listen to that and go, you're crazy. 
What are you smoking? I don't like doing that. I don't want to be out in the yard. That's not, that's not peaceful to me. And, you know, if, if you're being out in the yard working or going for a run or going for a walk, you're able to turn off work and turn your heart to God. This is what he desires for you. And some of you know what it's like to be in a moment, to be in a moment spiritually where you're like, you know what? It's just me and God right now. Some of you know what that's like when you're driving down the road and you turn up that worship and, and you turn up that song, one of your favorite songs that you've been listening to that God's been speaking to you through. And you're not worried about your email. You're not worried about any deadline. You're not even worried about family at, in that moment. You're not worried about the financial pressure. But in that moment, you just connect. You connect with God. It's in that moment that everything else Fleas. Remember that cup, that illustration, all those holes in that cup? It's in that moment that those holes go away and you start filling up your cup. God says you're going to work and you're going to work hard. And there's this tension even in Scripture from Genesis that you read all the way throughout the Bible and we see it to this day. That work is something that God gave us to do and we can enjoy our work. But there's another side of work that was given to us because of the fall, because Adam and Eve chose sin. One of the curses on us is that we will always toil, we'll always labor, and we'll always have things that we have to do. There's never a sense of just we're here enjoying the garden. Somehow the garden grew. I don't know who planted it. I don't know who watered it. No one pulled the weeds. It's just there and it's beautiful. Yeah, right. You actually have to work. That's your responsibility. You have to care for and toil the things of this world. We work. Life doesn't move on and move forward. Like you have to. In some ways it's a curse, but in some ways it's a blessing. But God gave them a warning in this toil. If you work so, so hard and you don't draw the time and the boundaries for me, it'll be a curse to you. And you'll suffer the consequences from it. I wrote down these two things this week and I wanted to share this with you. What happens if we don't do this? What happens if we don't do this? Some things are similar. I, I, don't, I don't know where you stand in your relationship with God today, but if you're interested in Christianity and you're not yet a, a, a Christian, or someone who believes in, in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross, if you're just not there yet spiritually, some of this message will, of course, still apply to you because we all work and we all get tired and we don't have the right boundaries and we feel empty, we feel down, we feel depressed, like we feel that, you know, there, there are holes in all of our cups, no matter what your faith background is. And some of this is unique because what I'm talking about, it actually is how to fill it and how to get to a point to where you actually fill back up, not only physically, but spiritually. Some of you can attest right now and maybe in a good way and saying, you know what, I, I have pretty tight boundaries of my time and I take care of myself physically and I'm, no, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I, I spend the time that I can with my kids and I'm making the most of every opportunity, but still there's a disconnect in like filling my cup. Still there's a disconnect in like how I can fill that cup and really be overflowing. No matter where you stand in your faith background, no matter where you stand in your, in your faith today, God desires for you to hit pause. God desires for you to stop working. And I don't know about you, but somebody 
can at home, wherever you are, you can say, amen, I want to stop working. I want to stop working. He desires for you to do way more than just stop working. He desires for you actually to turn your heart and your mind to him. There's a cost. There's a cost to doing that. And the two things that I wrote down this week is failing to acknowledge your limits. Failing to acknowledge your limits equals a physical burnout. Failing to acknowledge your limits equals a physical burnout. Now, I don't know where you are in your self-awareness, but some of you believe that your limits are much higher than they actually are. And some of you may be aware, you know what? I can't give more than this, and, I, and I'm not going to. And that's when you have that courageous conversation with a coworker or maybe even a boss, and you're saying, hey, listen, I can't meet this deadline. Why can't you? Because I can't. I don't have the time to do that and do a good job. So it's hard to draw those boundaries, but failing to actually see your limits and acknowledge your limits, like be honest about your limits. Some of you, your spouses see your limits and you don't. They see it. Other people may see around you what your limits are, but you're going past it. You're moving fast. Failing to acknowledge what your limits are will lead to a physical burnout. Just like I told uh, Josiah, who's Almost 11, his 11th birthday is coming up soon. And I said, hey, listen, there's never been a day you didn't sleep. You know why? Because your body will run out of energy and you're going to sleep. It takes a little time to go to sleep sometimes, but you will sleep, right? But then failing to acknowledge God during that rest. is the, his, Here's the, the second thing I wrote down. Failing to acknowledge God during that rest equals spiritual burnout. So failing to acknowledge your limits equals a physical burnout. But failing to acknowledge God during that rest equals a spiritual burnout. And guys, it is so hard. It is so hard because I'm on that journey with you to get to a place where the physical and the spiritual boundaries are in alignment. There are times when my spiritual life, my cup has been full, but my physical cup has been drained. And there are times when the physical cup feels really good. I feel like I can go, go, go. I feel like I can go to sleep when I want to and get up when the sun gets up and I can go, 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 but the spiritual side is empty. And there are other times when they're in alignment, when their physical boundaries are in place and the spiritual boundaries are in place. And I'm, I really do set aside work, even though I don't, I don't um, worry about what's to come or what's coming next week. And I turn my heart to God during that time. And I really do feel like my cup physically is full and my cup spiritually is full. Others of you can say I'm empty on one cup or maybe even on both. Next week, we're going to start by diving into this word burnout that I've ended today with. We may feel burned out physically. We may feel burned out in our relationships. We may feel burned out spiritually. You may feel like it's empty. And with burnout comes irritability. With burnout comes depression. With burnout comes a loss of energy in your work. With burnout comes a loss of energy and excitement in your relationship. With burnout comes a lack of optimism. And that equals pessimism about about you, about the people around you and everything else around you in your work environment. This is a tough time for so many people. Some of you could say, yeah, I do feel maybe not all of those things, but I feel one or two of them. We're going to start next week with say, what do we do about physical and spiritual burnout? And how do we get to a place where the rhythms are good in our life and where we are acknowledging our personal limitations while also acknowledging God during our rest? This is what God desires for you. But I know, 
I know it's hard. I'm on that journey with you. And I know that you know it's hard. But there is a way and there is a plan for you to take steps today to acknowledge your boundaries and to acknowledge God during your rest.